Let's pray. Lord God, may you be meeting us here this evening, preparing us for a season of fasting, preparing us for Lent. May this season of Lent, we, may, may we approach you, may we approach the cross. May this evening point us in the direction, Lord. Amen. Much like the contested place in John itself, this evening's gospel passage that we've had read for us sits uneasily in this service. Uh, I have to wonder, what does an attempted stoning have to do with fasting? What does it have to do with Lent? Where is repentance in this passage? Jesus invites the woman, woman to go and sin no more, a variant of which we will have spoken over us, over us in a few minutes as we are asked. But there is no recorded dramatic conversion moment in the story. Her story is not resolved. And so the words spoken over us lack a clear forerunner. It's not clear we are meant to respond as the woman does because we simply do not know how she responded. This, of course, brings its own form of comfort, both that in Jesus saves and commissions her, that he might save and commission us before we have to do anything, and because in doing so, in so leaving the option open to her, he restores to her the agency that the crowds try to rob her of. But we are still left asking, where is repentance in this passage? And I want to suggest tentatively that we might see a very incomplete form of repentance in the crowd's response. Begrudging for sure, but nonetheless, Jesus' confrontation forces them to repent. Repentance literally means to turn around and travel in the opposite direction. And we see them do that in this passage. Where are they travelling to? Well, that is unclear. Where are they travelling from? Well, an attempt at execution. Why are they travelling away from that execution? Because they are not without sin, so they cannot throw the first stone. Jesus did not just save the woman from being executed. He saved a crowd from being executors. I wonder what it is to be prepared to execute. I think part of it is on a fundamental level to assume a difference between yourself and the culprit. To say that they deserve something you don't. And of course Jesus does not use this encounter to deny the seriousness of adultery or even to deny that adultery has taken place. Instead, he uses it to challenge the idea that the woman deserves something that the crowd does not. That those who are without sin saved a woman from that death, but it all, that none are without sin saved a woman from that death, but also guarantees that death will come to all. In this encounter, Jesus forces the crowds to confront their part in the brokenness of the world and their mortality. That death is not reserved for this one sinner here, but will meet all. The fasting described in Joel comes in response to the prophet describing at length in Joel 1 the corporate sins of a society. The passage read for us calls people together to recognize what they have done, to leave behind their activity and recognize the world as it is and their part in it, to recognize my part in it, to recognize your part in it, to recognize our part in the brokenness of the world. And of course, perhaps this is where the repentance of the crowd in John is found lacking. The crowd may turn away from that execution, but they also turn away from each other, and crucially, from Jesus, whereas those described in Joel are implored to come together, to gather together as a community, and to come before God to repent. I wonder, as you, as you approach this Lenten season, whatever you do, are you journeying towards Jesus? Are you beginning the road that Lent is towards the cross? But anyway, what does this all have to do with fasting? Well, in fasting, we become aware of our finitude, of our limitation. 
we are forced to confront our desires. We are invited back into the world and foremost into our bodies. No longer can we hide our humanity, our mortality, who we really are from others or even ourselves. Fasting begins to unpick ourselves from the grandiose stories we tell ourselves about who we are in relation to ourselves, in relation to God, and in relation to others. We start to realise what needy creatures we actually are. Creatures that want food, that want sleep, that want intimacy, that want to watch TV, that want to be near their iPhone, that want love, that want security, that want status. Creatures that want. Fasting, quite from being a denial that those wants are there, allows us to be attentive to them in such a way that would be impossible if they were always simply being met. To deny yourself in biblical terms is not to lie about who you are, but to discover more meaningfully who you are, to prune away those needs that need to be pruned away, but to give all to service to God. And in this space of attentive longing, aware of the tension between our current hunger or lack and the potential fullness and plenty, we become more aware and more attentive to the longing in others, longings for meaning, identity, justice or community. And we become more attentive to the longings of all of creation for something or someone yet to come. But any recognition of our humanity must start with recognition of our mortality, that we are dust and to dust we shall return. This Lent will we hear the challenge of his words yet accept his companionship. We inhabit our desires and yet drop the stones in our hands. We accept the world as it is and yet go out into it to sin no more as we journey towards the cross. Amen.